pack my lunches and you would wrap like everything in my lunch in like three layers of wrapping? Um, it's not how it happened, but certainly I remember that. Wait, hold on. Wait. <laughs> That's not how it happened? I deny it. But anyway, yes, I, I probably did do that. I was much more obsessive compulsive back then. Yep, that's my mom, psychologist and family therapist, Dr. Elizabeth Skabinski-Bortman, and I'm her daughter and your host, Rebecca, and this is Advice for Mom. Advice for Mom is a mental health podcast where my super smart psychologist mom answers listener letters about big life questions. This is season three, and in the spirit of first was probably the worst, second, yeah, probably the best, third is the one in the polka dot dress. For season three, we're doing whatever the heck a doodle dandy we want. I should say, we're doing whatever we want still with the cause of helping you, our dear listeners. We get a lot of listener questions about the challenges of doing work that you really care about, and sometimes the mental strife that can be caused by that work. So, whether you're building an organization or pitching a big idea or harnessing your creative brilliance for social change, Man, you're doing a lot of good stuff. We wanted to make an episode to help you with those challenges. Those are big challenges. Can we help you in a new way? Yes, we can always help you in a new way. This is the first ever advice cooking show. Okay, in general, I don't like cooking shows, but maybe this one will change my mind. But what about cooking up good advice? Does that sound like a good idea? Um, that sounds like a metaphor, which <laughs> I, I totally endorse. It, it, we both like metaphors. Yeah, I guess it is a metaphoric cooking show. You caught me. Mm-hmm. It's okay. If you don't like cooking shows, you probably hate Julia Child. No, actually, uh, I didn't. I didn't. Never watched her show, but I I read her. Uh, biography, and I really enjoyed the heck out of it. So actually, I thought you might enjoy this. uh, As I've been researching about Julia Child, apparently her show was totally unedited. Did you know that? No. Mm -mm. So like all the flubs that she did in her episodes ended up on TV. Hmm. And she's still like one of the most famous cooking show hosts like in ever, into all of time. Maybe um, people really enjoy the spontaneity and um, very interesting voice. Um, I actually have a quote for you of something she said in that interesting voice. Okay. If you have fear of failure, (laughs) you're never going to learn to cook. (laughs) Talk about good life advice coming from a cooking show. But okay, for the purposes of this life advice cooking show episode, what if Julia Child had a sandwich making cooking show? 
Why? Because sandwiches are super portable. Where? Um, clearly, if it's us doing this, it's in Pittsburgh. Hello. And with who? Well, we're going to have a couple self-reflective comedians as guest chefs. And why? Because we are here to help our listeners fortify themselves for the challenges of doing work that they really care about. (laughs) Wow, that is a mouthful. Maybe one of the questions you're asking yourself is who gets to be Julia Child? Yes, that's absolutely a basic question. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll lead the cooking show. You don't have to lead it, but you have to be the one who brings the sage wisdom. And I do, I'm I'm implying the pun with the sage. Oh, yes. Yeah, count on me for the zest. (laughs) Points. So maybe you're asking yourself, why sandwiches? Oh, well, that's that's obvious because it's Pittsburgh. Oh, do you want to explain to our audience who hasn't been to Pittsburgh why how, how we say sandwiches in Pittsburgh? Uh, I don't know what you mean by how we say sandwiches. Hey, we say it's sandwiches. Ain't no W in there. What are you looking for, a witch? No, we're looking for a sandwich. Mmm, sandwich. <laughs> do you want to explain what makes a sandwich Pittsburgh, Mama? Pudding... French fries on your sandwiches is pretty distinctive in this town. That's what. That's one half of what makes a Pittsburgh sandwich. But you know what the other half is? Uh uh-uh. uh. Coleslaw. Coleslaw. Oh, not the creamy kind, Mama. You gotta have that vinegary deliciousness. Wow, it's making me hungry. <laughs> As it should, because a Pittsburgh sandwich, him Pittsburgh sandwich is the perfect metaphor for good advice. It's all about combining unexpected things together and then stacking it just so between some really delicious bread. And the combination is both delicious and nutritious. Did I mention it's portable, like a podcast? Let's get on with it so we can get to... Feeding time. (laughs) Okay, let's get to feeding time. This is how our cooking show is going to go. Okay. We're going to have two guest chefs who happen to be extremely thoughtful and self-reflective comedians, who I'm very excited to tell you about. We're going to hear what kind of advice sandwiches they're going to be making, and then we'll hear their advice. And then you'll wrap it up, Mom, with a little mental health sandwich baggie, or maybe two or three knowing you. But does that sound like a good assembly line for advice sandwiches? We'll, we'll, we'll see. I guess uh, a little bit of skepticism is part of my style. <laughs> it's fine. You be you, I be me, and I'll tell you who our two guest chefs for this episode are going to be. One of them is none other than Liz Winstead. Get this. She co-created The Daily Show. <gasps> oh my golly. Yeah, talk about someone who knows about making a creative project that makes a difference. Wow. So since co-creating The Daily Show, she's also started an organization called Lady Parts Justice. Oh, cute. I can just tell you're going to write it down. I just did. Okay. Well, yeah, get ready. She's going to say a lot of things that you're going to want to write down. She is a very, very wise woman, and she's actually in the midst of traveling the country and going to places where she exposes these anti-choice laws that they're trying to pass and shows people how to take action around the 50 states. Oh, how how terrific. You're going to hear her in conversation with another comedian who I adore, Nagin Farsad, 
And she has a podcast that I also love. It's called Fake the Nation. (laughs) Actually, you might really enjoy this one. If you need a good laugh, Mom, about the week's politics, she talks every week about the headlines, but she talks about them with two other comedians. Oh, I I, I already— Love it. And so she herself is Muslim, and she made a documentary called The Muslims Are Coming. And it's all about when she did a comedic tour around the country of the same name and the responses that she got. Wow. So she she actually was a TED fellow wow. for her work in social justice comedy. So these are like two social justice comedian warrior women. Wow. And I'm going to be honest, I didn't tell them. I was too nervous to tell them that I was making sandwiches. I thought that might belittle (laughs) anything they were doing. But I just, once I heard their advice, I was like, this is like a (laughs) protein-packed advice punch that that just needs to be sandwiched in a way that's interesting, wrapped up by Mama B, and served to the wonderful people who listen to Advice for Mom. So that's kind of, that's, that's what brings us to sandwich recipes today. I like it conceptually and from past experience, I'll probably like it in real life too. Yeah. I mean, to continue the metaphors, we'll see how you, we'll see how it tastes. <laughs> okay. Let me cue up some Pittsburgh cooking show music here since we uh, were taking their advice as ingredients and turning them into sandwiches. Yin Sky's hungry, the gin's eat yet. Yin Sky's must be real, real starving. Yum, 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 yum. Yum, 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 yum. Sandwich number one, the dedication sandwich. Okay, so the first thing that I talked to them about was about how you face the challenges of getting people to care about the cause that you care so much about. Okay. Important question. So you want to hear what they said? Yes. First, we'll hear from Chef Nagin and then Chef Liz. All right. Into the advice kitchen we go. It's funny because I think a lot of people care about the causes that both of us work on. I think what's difficult is like continuing to do that work when there's like, when it feels like there's insurmountable barriers. I sort of thought, like I made The Muslims Are Coming, it came out in 2014, guys, that was four years ago. And I thought, oh, this will be relevant for like a year. (laughs) You know, once there was talk of the Muslim ban and then there was an actual Muslim ban and then a Muslim ban made it through the court system and then parts of the Muslim ban. Like, I didn't think that, and I guess it's delusional that I didn't think Islamophobia would have such a, you know, staying power. But you you, you sort of think like, oh, you know, my work will, I'll start doing this stuff and then things will just sort of change because society's moving in, into that direction anyway. And uh, and then and then stupid things happen, um, like the Muslim ban or like any of the 500 incidents of bigotry we've seen um, from the White House. And, and then you're like, oh my God. God, I can't believe like it, it's just it, there's, there's just I thought there was going to be fewer barriers and they just added 500 more barriers. So I think that's what kind of makes it exhausting a little. Yeah. And for me, I feel like white supremacy doesn't take a holiday. <laughs> and so very hardworking, so very hardworking, never napping. Uh, and I think when it comes to your personal being um, and you're somebody who can do the work, you know, I'm somebody who talk, you know, my my work is centered on reproductive rights and bodily autonomy. And so many of those intersections come with 
Islamophobia and transphobia and all the phobias. And so I, I'm somebody who's energized by bringing light to the situation and trying to create uh, actions and activism that people can participate in who are too busy. And so I get joy from it. I'm fueled by it. And by the nature of what Nagin and I both do, we can gather folks in a room and have a conversation. And so when when you can do that and do stand up, your choices are leave and go home, um, get drunk and pick up a guy you regret, or <laughs> it's happened, or have a conversation in that community with people that the audience can get to know and be inspired by, and have that audience um, sign up and become activists. I chose that because it makes it really uh, fun and interesting to look at an audience and look at look around to see their friends there or people they work with who actually care that they didn't know. And so, you know, I I guess I didn't really get that, like, it's an act of radical, you know, activism just to stand on a stage and gather people together. And so that's makes it fun. Uh, that's a really great point that just like the, the communal aspect kind of is energizing. But I have to say, especially about the work you do, Liz, you know, I'm joining Liz on her excellent Vagical Mystery Tour. For the second um, year because she's awesome. And uh, and this year I'm joining them in Charleston, West Virginia. And Liz was just telling me before we started the show that there's going to be, well, tell me about that. Tell, yeah, tell there, me about the know, bill that yeah, they're Yeah, you know, there, there's, a, there's a, an amendment on their, on their ballot to just end all abortions in West Virginia in November. And it's unconstitutional if it passes. It takes a whole lot of time and money and effort to get something on a ballot, all for something that will not stand up in a court of law. But when people are going that far and people who are extremists are energizing in a way that can, um, in a midterm election where historically we have not been active, we've seen a much change in the special elections and hopefully we will in the fall. Uh, we have to fight with the vigilance that they do and inspire people with the vigilance they do. And for me, it's about, uh, you know, people often say like, I can't believe we're still fighting this. And I often say, I can't believe you haven't been with us doing it because that's why we're still fighting it. And so to activate people to understand that reproductive rights are human rights and it's the first line of defense towards economic freedom, racial and social justice. Um, it's, it's, we need a lot of education around talking about access to reproductive care and abortion. And so that's what we're doing. What did you think of their advice about dedication? I loved it because I, I truly think that humor is such a good way to break through all kinds of barriers, all kinds of resistance. It's, it's amazing. I had a trainer who used to say to me, unless you laugh at every session, every therapy session, it's a wasted session. Do you really laugh at every session? You know, my goal is really to help people relax. And of course, that's what Nagin and Liz are doing. They're just breaking through the normal barriers. Yeah. So uh, so how would you wrap this one up? So if we're going to give people advice about staying dedicated to their cause, certainly these are two ladies who are so dedicated to their cause, they're kind of diving into the issues straight away. Certainly, I'd underline their phrase, communal energy, because something happens when there's a group of people who are sharing ideas and who find some things in common with each other. 
And so that the the rapport just builds and builds and builds. And so at the end of, let's say, one of their entertainment sessions, Com- if you will. Comedy shows? One of their comedy shows? Comedy shows, yeah. Um, the people would want to be together with those people again. So I think it it is a communal energy and uh, and it's a, a natural motivator. Okay, so then I think you're going to really like my ingredient recap. Okay. What do you need to make a dedication sandwich? You need education. Got to educate those people. Got to come in and you know what you're talking about. You need perseverance and you need community. And uh, you wrap it all up with humor. Yum. Yum, 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 yum. That was delicious and nutritious. This next sandwich is called the Superpower Sandwich. This sandwich is going to help you face that tough stuff with several superpowers that I already know you have. Time for an advice sandwich. Can I just say, like, like from a mental health perspective, I my approach to everything is aggressive delightfulness mm-hmm. because I can't engage in like rage and escalation uh, anymore. And I probably, I actually never really could. Um, and so I think that's something that the, the comedy ends up like, f- you know, fitting really well with that because uh, if someone is like, you know, like, I had these people protesting a show that I was doing outside of, it was like a small town outside of Seattle, um, kind of like in the, in the mountains, you know, where, um, you know, uh, Twilight was filmed. Well, no, we know where the like vampires are. And there was a group, it was a, um, a very Christian town. Like there was a lot of like Christian laundromat, Christian bookstore, Christian, whatever it was like that, which is fine. Uh, but there was like, I'd say maybe 20 people protesting my show. And, um, I guess they thought I was going to convert them or something, whatever. And, uh, and I went up to them and I was just like, you know, Hey guys, like, you know, stereotypically it's raining. So why don't you guys come in and enjoy the show? And then you can get like a, a head start and come back out here to pro- continue your protest after the show. Um, but, you know, you don't want to sit out here in the rain protesting me, you know? Uh, and they were and they, and they were like, uh, oh, no, thanks. But maybe we'll sit in the lobby or whatever. But I just sort of thought, okay, you know, I had a better time even just extending that invitation yeah. than I would have if I was like, hey, guys, you know, and started some sort of yelling match um, because I just never feel good doing that. I don't ever walk away from like a yelling war, a Twitter battle, none of that. I never feel better. I would really much rather hang out with people and laugh. And I think I'm going to just go ahead and say most Americans feel better when they hang out and laugh. What I love about that story is you're living in the light. You know, you're like, why don't you come in and see my show? Yeah. You know, like I have nothing to hide here. So, right. So come see the show. Like you'll know what you're protesting. It'll be amazing. But also I feel the same way. It's like when you make somebody laugh, that's an involuntary indication that somebody likes you. Even for that moment, you have brought someone pure joy because you can't fake laughter. And people don't want to have to experience that because that means a whole self-examination and unpacking of their own particular biases. And for me, like I will engage people to a level, but it's not on the one that they set. So when when people come after me, um, you know, setting some kind of 
premise about, you know, abortion, it's murder or fetal gestation or whatever. It's like, well, that's not real. Yeah. You know, when they say, how many abortions have you had? I'm like, you know, I don't know. I don't save receipts. And then they don't know <laughs> what to do because, because by fighting with them on the moral, on the moral stance that they've set, I, you're already at a disadvantage. Right. Like, I don't believe your entire morality about abortion because it's not based in anything that's real. Right. And we just have different standards. Yes. And so, like, can we can we have different standards and then still be human beings about all of this? Right. Yeah. Right. Well, it seems to me the thing that came out when talking to Liz and Nagin is these are two women who really know themselves. Right. Mm. And I think maybe that's part of figuring out your superpower when it comes to your cause and how— your superpower and how you as an individual can really help your cause in a unique way. The better you understand yourself, actually, the better your own mental health is. The kind of superpower that Liz and Nagin bring to that is the understanding to the point where they don't have to justify it, right? You know, when mm. when Liz says, when people ask her how many abortions she's had and she says, I don't know, I, save rec- I don't save receipts, <laughs> like that is quite... It's it's a loaded it's joke. It's very clever. It's a very it's a very clever. It's a very clever joke and it also shows that she doesn't need of doesn't need validation from anyone else to continue her cause, which I think in itself is a bit of a superpower that many of us don't possess. Yeah. Yeah, so there's no question she's they're not going to become defensive. It's just not where they live. Yeah, maybe that's that's one of the takeaways that I have from this is like both of these are examples of how they were put in a situation that could have made them very defensive and they didn't. Yeah. And the the openness they both are very open. I'm interested to hear what you think about like self-understanding and it, self-acceptance. Like to me, it seems like they're on a spectrum, right? You can understand yourself or if you really keep trying at it, hopefully you accept yourself. And I think as, as we accept ourselves, then we accept other people. So they do go together as well. So if I was going to write down the ingredients for this sandwich... I'd say to have the superpower sandwich, you got to have self-understanding and acceptance and awareness of opposing views. Yes. Where can I get this delicious sandwich? (laughs) That sandwich is Pittsburgh approved. Have you ever gotten to mealtime and thought, dang, I forgot I'd need to eat? Well, if yesterday you had prep dish, this meal could already be complete. Prep dish. It's a time saver. Prep dish. It's full of flavor. Gluten-free, dairy-free, paleo. Oh-oh-oh. Eat your waiver. Then you savor. Every week you get an email with a grocery list of what you need with prep ahead instructions. Prep dish helps you make a week of fresh and healthy, stress-free eats. So I've been getting emails from Allison at Prep Dish for several months now. And when you open up your email, there's a bunch of options, paleo, gluten-free, dairy-free. But I've never actually clicked on the one that says super fast. I guess I 
kind of thought it meant like fast, like not eating, which by the way, if you're not eating today, all my Yom Kippur folks, Janatova. Turns out super fast means you can make it quick. Like cherry pecan oats overnight. It makes itself done while you sleep. You can get your free two-week trial of Prep Dish by going to PrepDish.com slash Pickleball. Next up is a fortification sandwich. (laughs) So inherent in everything we're talking about today is the fact that you have to be able to withstand negative feedback. And I think with any creative project, whether it be about social change or just about, you know, trying to get a new logo out there in the world. I know that one. Um, You have to be ready to understand negative feedback. And how do you keep going when when the going is tough and the feedback is rough? Real good question. All right. Are you ready for our third and final sandwich? Yes. Time for Visegrad. You're going to eat it. Well, I mean, for me, my act is very politically charged. So I've already made a decision. First of all, I'm a woman who decided to have an opinion on a stage. So I know that's <laughs> not going to go well. Um, and then second of all, that opinion is steeped in a politic that half the country doesn't believe. So I've made that choice. Um, and then really, like, and honestly, this is really it. There's people, I don't have the hubris to think that I could make everyone laugh. There's people who don't like chocolate or babies, you know, so that means there's going to be people that don't like me. And so I can only, the only promise I can make to an audience is that I've written material that I took the time and care about to say. I will deliver it in a way that I think is funny. And I I didn't just walk on stage sloppily to waste your time. But that's all I can really promise. And so if an audience doesn't like my jokes, I, I'm sorry that you came on the wrong night. But I all I can do is live up to what I say and what I think is funny. And if someone doesn't, I can't help it. But did it, did you always feel that way? Or in the beginning, were you like, I'm gutted? I think in the beginning, I was gutted because I, it didn't occur to me that it was within my power to develop an audience that would like what I do. I thought I had to be like, liked by as many people as possible and that my target goal was to reach as many people as possible. And then when I grew and realized that, that's impossible. Um, it was very freeing. Mm. And so then I just started writing material. And when I got very political, I knew I was going to have to go back to square one and develop an audience that liked what I did. And so you just have to stay true kind of to your line and then start having people come in. And then you have, I'll always have a smaller audience than other people, but they're really consistent. They really care. You know, and people are like, well, aren't you preaching to the choir? And I'm like, well, the choir needs songs. And this choir hardly has any. And, you know, nobody ever walks into a meat market and goes, why aren't you selling fish too? You should be selling fish too. It's like, well, I sell meat here. Like, that's what I sell. Right, right. So I sell my meat. And if you don't like my meat, don't come here. Like, it's fine. That's why I'm always like ads. Don't say from HBO and Comedy Central because that tells no one anything about who I am and what I do. Say that I'm like some radical progressive that's trying to destroy (laughs) your children and teach sex to four-year-olds. Like then people will either get the joke or not. And I'm good. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, I think, I think it is such a like vulnerable moment 
because you are laying bare your soul and your your ideas about the world and your feelings about, you know, the avocado toast you just ate for lunch. I mean, it's from the micro to the macro, you're sharing it all on stage. And the nights when the audience just doesn't like spark to you at all, like in the beginning, I was, I, I, I would, you know, sulk in that for a while. You know, I, I would be upset about that until like the next night where I could correct it. And then it turned into this like, like almost like an addiction where I'm like, last night wasn't, too, wasn't great. I gotta, I gotta get another hit. I gotta clean up that last one, you know? And, and so it turned into a little bit of that. But now I'm very, like, I can't even remember like the last audience, what they thought. You know, what yeah. I mean? I'm just like, assume it went well. I don't remember. You know, it's a, so I do feel like I've grown a little bit. Uh, and I mean, I'd love, and, and I don't think I've reached the point where, like, because like, I've seen Liz perform a million times and I, I've literally never seen you bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I've bombed. I've never seen a you bomb. Um, but I also think it's a confidence, you know, maybe that's, maybe, maybe I even have seen you bomb, but you walked off stage like you killed and it, so that's what I remember. You know what I mean? I don't, you know, uh, I think that's something that I'm working on that like, that every human should have, like just a confidence about what you're doing. Right. Well, and that's my confidence is that I I cared and prepared and I'm here, right? And also like, let's be real. If you're not feeding me, paying me or fucking me, your opinion <laughs> about me is like, it goes way to the bottom. So, you know, I I take not all, not all feelings and audiences are um, of equal value to me. Is a super sandwich. Yum, yum, yum. I should have I warned you, Summiter Pittsburghese is a little raunchy. Mm, yeah, well, I've, I've heard worse, you know. So what do you think of this one? Again, I think they're giving us some real good wisdom. Um, Liz is right that confidence is the key issue, that um, they've done it long enough to know, hey, I'm I'm fine, you know. I my self-esteem won't rise and fall with the reaction of this audience. But they're also talking about, you know, be true to yourself, yes. But change occurs during their comedy routines. You mean like their audience changes over the course of their set? Absolutely. And I I think what they're what you're all talking about and what maybe is the aim is to change them from passive to activists Mm -hmm. and what an amazing thing. And then uh, to get them motivated and get them inspired and get them energized. That's huge. So I would say if we're going to outline the ingredients for our fortification sandwich, It is. Stay true to yourself. Find that audience. And then care and prepare. This is like a laboratory for amazing advice sandwiches. Are we already at dessert? (gasps) We're already at dessert. (gasps) Ooh. Are you ready for dessert? I think I am. So this dessert is the most impossible treat of them all. 
It's called The Time Machine Cookie. Okay. What advice would you have given to your younger self? Oh, are you going to put that to Liz and Nagim? Yeah. Are you ready for it? I am ready. Uh, I guess I would say, like, um, no, I would say definitely nobody hates you because no one's thinking about you. (laughs) I was so concerned that everybody was like, oh, her and like, she's terrible or she sucks. She's not talented. She's a, and, and at some point I was like, oh wait, they literally never think about me. This is about me insisting upon my own relevance. And that is it because nobody else is inviting me into this party. I have to crash this party or I don't get to go to a party. And that's it. That's every situation for me, especially, you know, when you're a woman of color, especially when you're doing material and talking about stuff that's not popular. Like I'm not talking about bagels and cupcakes, you know, (laughs) you know, all those comics that do cupcake material. Yes, all of them. Uh, No, but I'm just saying like, I'm not doing like, that's not the stuff that I'm talking about. And so uh, when you're doing this kind of material that's a little bit more on the edges, you are not like welcome. You are not being sent invites. And so how do you, you are, you need to walk into the party like you belong there. Um, And I I wish I had known that as a youngin. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, I think, I think that I mean, I really love that phrase, um, carry yourself like a mediocre white dude. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think it's really great um, because mostly if you make a decision and you go for it, you're already 90% ahead of the game of everyone. And you forget that a lot. And I mean, the thing that I always say is you matter, act like it. Like, it's just that simple. Act like you matter. Because if you don't believe you matter and that you're valuable and you're worth it, kind of it goes in tandem with what Nagin said. Uh, Walk into that party because honestly, no one's been invited to the party. Everybody crashed it. So (laughs) if you have the confidence to look like you were invited, people will take notice. You know, and can I just say on a very micro, a good way to start practicing this is that Baby steps, that moment where you're on the streets and you have to pee and you walk into a Starbucks. Now, I know there's been some issues. There's a bit, Starbucks has been in the news for arresting some people who did this. But but walk into that Starbucks like you bought a hundred coffees and go pee. You know what I mean? Like that is is one of those little moments where you're like, can I pull this off? Yes. And like, just like having that confidence. And when you, once you do it, like a few times, you're like, oh, this is actually really easy. Just like acting like I belong is so much easier than I had been giving it credit. I know. I also think too, like all those times that you've fallen in public, And then you can't even remember them, right? You get up and you walk away. That's basically what life is. You fell down in public in that moment. It feels horrifying. Yeah. And the next day, you even forgot it happened. So that's just what it means to like feel those feelings a lot of times. Yeah. Yummy, 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 yummy. That's delicious. No one hates you. 
You're not that important. Yeah. You're not that powerful. You know, that's so true. Yeah. Sorry. You know, you might think you're powerful and that you're, you know, everybody cares about how you are dressed today, but you're really not. The main thing is that you feel like you belong. Yeah. And then you, so it, it, it may be back to the confidence thing. The research indicates that the most important, the most universal problem that brings people to therapy is self-criticism. And the best um, remedy is uh, self-affirmation or self-compassion, however you want to say it. So it, it, it may be related to that, to the confidence. Okay. I'm not going to try to sum up the ingredients for this cookie because I think a lot of them are just going to sound like our sandwiches, but I am going to say, since it's okay to be a little saccharine sweet, since this is a cookie, that I think no matter your cookie batter, the most important part is that you have some chocolate chips of humility and zero chips on your shoulder. Does that, does that sound too right? Too sweet? Just a little bit salty? <laughs> And so, Mom, do you still hate cooking shows? Uh, well, not ours, of course. No, you like this not cooking ours. show? This is a good cooking show? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that wraps up this Advice for Mom cooking show. Well, one more thing I have to tell you. If you're ever in Pittsburgh and someone asks you, G-Jet, um, whether you ate or not, you should probably deny the fact that you ate, and you should respond with, no, Jew, and you will be fed more delicious food probably with coleslaw and french fries on top of it. Uh, thank you for listening with your open hearts and hungry minds. Uh, thank you also to Liz and Nagin for sharing their wise words and wise cracks on what might be the most metaphorical cooking show of all time. Uh, we will put links to their work and projects in our show notes so you can keep up with their incredible and important work. Stay tuned for our next episode when we're going to be talking all about jealousy. Jealous! With a letter from someone who signs their name, resenting my rich friends. <laughs> Honey, who doesn't? The best way to stay tuned to the show is to subscribe to this show. Dr. Mama B loves subscribers. If you already subscribe, you can call yourself a Skabinski subscriber. That sounds kind of fun, right? Um, my mom also loves reviews. Good, bad, ugly. She'll take them all. Actually, she just wants the good ones, let's be honest. Uh, if you haven't left a review yet, we would love you to do so, especially if it's one of those positive ones. Those help us get new listeners. And you guessed it, we love new listeners. I don't know if this is scientifically accurate, but I think there's some chemical that lets go in my brain when I hear the beautiful sound of Pittsburgh E, so I'm going to read the credits like that. Advice from Mom is a production of Wise Ones Advice Services. It's produced by Juliet Heinley and me, Rebecca Garza Bortman. Go Pittsburgh. Editing by Juliet Heinley. Mixing and mastering by Jake Young. Liz and Nagin's interview was recorded at Argo Studios by Paul Ruest. Audio assistance by Brian Garza. Our theme music is by Love Jerks. See ya! You will remember if you fell down. Because you'll have a bruise on your dupa. Oh! <gasps>